Namaste. It has been said that uh, when we love the divine, one kind of loving the divine is excluding the world. And the other is, which is con consistent with integral yoga, is to love the divine even in the world, in its manifold play and especially within human beings. That's where the problem comes. So, what is meant by loving the divine in others? So, we can just take a step backward. What is the divine? What is it that we mean when we use the word divine? Very often we just use the word very loosely. So, divine at its highest, none can know unless you become completely one and merged. So, that's what in Indian conception is Brahman, Parbrahman and beyond. But what we can know is, which is within our capacities and limits, is by the manifestations. That is within given to us. That is the standard way of approaching even divine, uh, divine realization. Because suddenly we all are seeking the divine, but the mind needs some, some kind of a support, some kind of a help. So we love the divine through the manifestations. So in the manifestation, we have subtle manifestations. Wherever we see something which is extraordinarily beautiful, something where automatically something in us, heart leaps as if it's a cry of divinity or an expression of divinity inside. It could be a thought, it could be a gesture, it could be an action, it could be a feeling, it could be a will. And there is something in us like an intuitive sense which says that here is divinity. Same, let's apply it to the guru, the master. The master is also having a human persona. But why do we feel that he is the master? We have not taken a test or asked him, okay, tell me, convince me that you are the divine. It is because there is again in us an intuitive sense that the divine is manifest in him and through him. The mother gave a very beautiful answer when somebody asked, "Who is the, what is the divine? She has given a number of answers. One answer was that the divine is, uh, she, she was asked, who am I? She said, you are the divine in many disguises. But with regard to what is the divine, she gave a very interesting answer. The divine is what you adore in Sri So wherever our heart leaps in deep adoration, is there in the synthesis. All love which is of the nature of adoration has a spiritual element within it. So basically when we say love the divine in practical terms, it means love that which is the best and the highest in the person. That will be the widest possible. Everybody, you will see, if you see carefully, there will be something which is really speaking very uh, highest and the best and Shirobindu himself you know speaks about it for which sometimes people misunderstand for example he says the zealot and fervor of the Mohammedan now normally this zealot and fervor, fervor unfortunately leads to fanaticism and fundamentalism that's true but if you go to its core look at the kind of commitment to whatever they believe in so there is in everybody something which is very beautiful. And there is an example of the mother when somebody went to the mother and said, you know, you have carried, you are having so many people in the ashram, many of them are not even working. They should be out. They wouldn't have gone. Because you know, so much money, all this is wasted on people. She said, why? Give me the list of those whom you think should not be in the ashram. And the list was given. 
and she kept about 25 people and she kept ticking but this is there, this is there, this is there. Finally it came to one person and for that person she said, but doesn't he fix the stamps well? So basically when it is said love the divine in the person, it does not mean some kind of a formless thing. That like obviously that formless essence of the divine is there but that is like a divine we can take the example of a fragrance. So on one side you have a flower which is all very beautiful. We know artificial flowers can be uh, created which may be even look wise more beautiful than the natural. But what you cannot imitate even with all the chemicals you may spray is the natural fragrance. You just can't do it. You can try it. It may be strong fragrance, it may be mild, it may be similar. But if you look at the natural fragrance of a flower, it is something which is inbuilt in its fabric. It's not that it's in this part of the petal, it's not that it's in there, it's, it's everywhere, it emanates. So in every human being, in some it is more, in others it is massed. So where it is massed, massed in a heap of darkness and all things which are just the very opposite, it is very difficult. So usually we find that many human beings, why do we find difficulty in loving human beings? Because we love the outer personality, the form. Even though there is a way one can even appreciate the form without actually getting attached to it. But it's very risky because very often the form has that capacity to draw us and you know after that many things which are connected with the form which are basically habits of the mind and the body but that apart. So normally we love the form or the personality. But if we really look at it even in the personality there would be something which is exceptionally unique, high, noble which you look at it and say oh wow. Even in the form there are people you say oh these eyes they are divine eyes. Isn't it? The rest of the person may be whatever the person is. And that's why we see such a... So very often when we say, why I am saying this is... Sometimes it is said, no, no, form has to be shunned. Yes, in old yogas that's how it was. But in our yoga, in Indian thought, when we say, the, you give the description of Ram, how do you give? There is a physical description. Ajan bhujshar chapadharik sangram jitkharadushanam. This is a physical description. And there is a description of his personality, traits which make him what he is. And the highest of all these traits is Maryada Purushottam. He is Purushottam, the highest among human beings, the best, the noblest, the sweetest. And yet he knows how to limit himself as the ocean limits itself. This is what makes Ram what he is. Now, wherever we see this aspect in humanity, wherever we see that aspect of some kind of divinity, the other day we were saying like Durga, the courage, the strength to take on all that, you know, challenges you, there we will see the divine aspect. Now this is the first part, to love a human being in his highest and the best. Second part, second part which is, uh, comes as a complimentary. Do not try to change the person to be otherwise. Mother says that who is the best friend? The best friend is someone who loves you in the highest, best part, but does not want you to be otherwise. Now what happens when you see something beautiful and exceptional in a human being? By exceptional I mean like 
Sri Krishna speaks about like in a vibhuti, something very beautiful, good, high. That's his expression of divinity. Don't try to make the person like you understand your expression of divinity maybe. That is dangerous because in each one the divine is expressing himself in many fold ways. Imagine a garden where there are only roses and same color roses. It will be boring and monotonous. God has not made the world like that. So do not try to change the other person. And third, more importantly, do not try to appropriate the person. Oh, this person, how nice if I possess this person. I can showcase this person. He is mine. She is mine. This is where ignorance starts. You have loved the divine element in a human being, but now you want that person to belong to you. This is obviously ignorance. Fourth, which comes along with it, love is an act of giving. But giving, what does it mean? Is it giving to the ignorance of a human being? No. Does giving mean that if the person wants you to walk a path of a dharma, you say, okay, I am giving myself? No. Dharma is sacred, dharma is important, your aspiration is important. But it is giving your best to nurture the person's best. This is what giving means. And yes, there is possibility of a complete giving. But that's so rare in two human beings that we should not start imagining and believing that here is my, my as people say, soul mate. So I keep telling, first find the soul. If mate is destined, mate will come. Don't try to put the cart, oh, she is or he is my soul mate. Have you found the soul to say that, you know, you find the soul mate? To find your soul, that's your business. Till then you may have a mate. It's okay. So there, what do we do? If we have not found the soul and we have a mate. So there, we can turn even that human love into a means for the divine discovery within us and within the other person. How? The mother gives a very interesting program. She says, if you love without expectations, without the impurities of desires, egoism, all these things which make love salient, then slowly you will touch the principle of divine love within you and within the person. And then love can be restored to its beauty and pristine purity. So again when it is said without desire, in a human love, especially of a man and a woman, certain desires are bound to come. So that's why we see that there are certain things which Indian thought thought about it. So even desire Ultimate, complete rejection of desire is necessary for the supramental life. But we should not imagine that I have leaped there. So, moderation of desire under his sattvic guidance or better still, if one has access under the psychic and the spiritual urge. What does it mean, psychic and spiritual urge? Because it's a very slippery slope we are standing. Love must be felt deep within the core of the heart, deep inside, in that soul sense and then when it emerges in the fullness of union physical may be involved that's how we see in Savitri Shivinda describes but even there this physical union will not be crude because when the psychic changes us within and even the form 
certain things which right now are considered as an expression of love which are a crude animal atavism they will drop away because the moment they enter they will be a problem it's an abyss which will open so that's why i said it's a slippery slope there can be beautiful expressions even of physical love and i am saying all this uh, on the basis of all that of course we have read shubhendra speaks of that but all crude elements so what has mankind done either swung between crude expressions of love or towards an ascetic withdrawal interestingly these two accompany each other people with a strong ascetic tendencies have a very crude something inside that's why they need this so people who want to withdraw and ascetic and shut in the cave means something very crude is there in the nature from which they are trying to escape and you see this in certain religions and i don't want to name where on one side you want to even look down i was told don't look at a woman's face look down cover her fully and etc etc but the same the other side is completely not only indulgent indulgent in the worst possible ways you can imagine but indian thought sanatan dharma understood it very beautifully so it did not deny the expression only it said keep purifying keep refining it that's why it should be the says in savitri that each part in us desires its absolute but of course this is a long big program it's not something which can be done in a day but one thing is for sure we come back to the question what is meant by loving the divine in another is to love that which is best and highest how to know it you can't know it with the mind why because the mind always believes the ego always believes that what is my understanding of my own best which may not even be the best in that person if i see in another i would feel that is best but that's not may not be the best we may not know even our best somebody may think there is example of um, amal kiran he thought that it is his intellect but shrivinder said no it's a vital which kept you to the yoga and he says later on that i had a tendency to fall <laughs> and i fell at mother's feet <laughs> and that changed my life even about shrivinder he asked that it must be your mighty intellect that made you you know go into this yoga so far and high something like that shrivinder said no it's not my intellect it is my determined will it is a determination of his will and if you really look at shrivinder's picture Uh, all his pictures even as a child you will see there is a very determined will which can be seen especially you know in his chin area eyes of course are fathomless his chin area but you will see that this is not a rigid will what is meant by that is a will which wants to reach there but has not fixed the way that's what shivinder says fix yourself on the goal on the idea and let the way evolve as you go through life but if you fix the path then it becomes a problem because life will unfold many things so even when we love the best and the highest don't build a castle of dreams sada sada ke liye forever <laughs> because if you do that you'll be unhappy even if you are meant for each other it may not be granted in the secret providence of things i am using the word meant for each other in its highest possible sense 
Why? Because see, you, you see even Madhari Shurabindu's life. How they had to go through their own individual journeys, including relationship before they could come to each other. So, why it is so? Is it subject in its own right? We will not go into it. But again we come back to that. Love the best and highest in people and you will be happy and others will be happy. Don't try to change them. As far as your yoga is concerned, love without expectation. Love as much as possible, purifying the desire element. Not entering into all those distortions of love which are known as jealousies, possessiveness. Love them knowing that it's a sacred trust from the divine. The love you feel for somebody is not yours. It is a trust from the divine. It's given to you. And therefore you must fulfill all that it means. It's a tremendous power. It's a transforming power. Even human love has a power to transform. Even for some time when people are in love. That's how Shivinda puts it in Savitri. It's a far transcendence angel here. Love is man's lean on the absolute. To live to love are signs of infinite things. But we must treat it as a sacred trust. That it's not meant for keep. Okay, what advantage I can take? Selfishness, calculations. If they enter into love, be sure it is not love. It's anything else but love. Those masquerading things. So, in this sense, we can arrive at the maximum from the human experience of love and reduce the suffering which often accompanies everything that gives us intense joy because of the human imperfection. Some people become cynics, that dangerous, oh, human love, everything. If you go that way, everything in human life will give you pain if you get intensely attached to it, as simple as that. <laughs> be it a house, be it a job, be it a human relationship. So that's where the line between true love and attachment, which clings, wants, appropriates, is a thin line. But that's what sadhana is about after all. What else it is? Sadhana is not shutting yourself away into a room. That may only lead to an aggrandized egoism. I am a great sadhak. I don't step out of the room. I I am a great sadhak because I have read everything of Mother and <laughs> So, when we deal in human relationship, it is actually very frankly, Mother has said it, it can be very purifying because it shows up your defects. Otherwise, if there is nobody to tell you that you are a fool <laughs> and everybody is flattering you, be sure that if you are surrounded by flatterers, God has not taken you seriously. So when you have some people who can tell you, could be wrong, you have this problem, that defect, be very thankful <laughs> that the divine means to do something with me, use it for the yoga. Learn to go behind appearances, learn to love despite everything. One can even love despite everything opposite. This is beautifully described in one of Sri Aurobindo's writings on Isha Vashya he says, say not that such a love does not exist. Whence comes that love that comes down from an infinitely high intellect to someone which is far below? And its singular example is when you see the picture of Sri with Milani Devi. Have you ever noticed she is sitting and Sri is half reclining? Now compare the two. 
and see how he loved her. That God has seen to it that it is the one sorrow which could still touch my heart when she departed and that is 1918. He has shown by his example. So all that old idea of you know either indulgent love like you know I don't want to name that in the name of all love, all love, let's party together. And the other old idea equally of an ascetic withdrawal into monastic life. We have to find the, as Buddha would say, the middle path, the path of balance. And it is one way that I have understood Shurasyadhara. Shurasyadhara is not being on the tenter hooks. Shurasyadhara is if you press too hard, you will get cut. <laughs> if you tilt, you fall this way or that way. It is to walk with a state of perfect balance that comes when we have the goal clear in front of us. So everything can be made a process of sadhana and human love, though the most difficult of all. Yet, in a certain sense, within human experience, the most gratifying of all. If you look at it that way. So certainly it is one of the things most difficult and challenging and perhaps that's why it also has to be attempted. The whole Savitri epic, Shobindu uses the word conjugal love conquering death. He doesn't say love conquering death, conjugal love conquering death. And we see that in several places, several things. Nalida wrote a whole uh, article on to love man and he says with that I'll complete that there are three stages of evolution of love within human beings. It's described in Savitri, page 632. All our earth starts from the mud and climbs to the sky. But not only the right side, there are three stages. First, when you have the usual human love, <laughs> we don't need to elaborate, <laughs> everybody knows. And people get hurt, disillusioned, etc., etc. Don't get hurt and disillusioned. Say that I don't know how to love well, and as human beings, we are imperfect. Never get disillusioned and cynic. Then the next step is where you withdraw all your love, energies of love from all that scattered here and there. Na tato, na mata, na bandhu, na bhrata. Na patni, na pati. Then turn it towards the divine. This is the second phase. And the third is, as Nandita says, you come out and love man. Because loving man is the most difficult of all. And Nalida says this is so true. He said, loving God is easier. Why? Because he is not going to criticize you. He is not going to throw a challenge at you. You know you can't possess him. Some people try, oh, I am close to mother. I am working in mother's room. I am working here. But you can't appropriate the divine. He is too big. <laughs> you will get eaten up. Which is wonderful. And the divine will always is a giver. By nature he is a giver. Though the best relation with the divine is to give yourself, but still, he will not say anything. He doesn't hurt your ego. And the second thing which doesn't get involved, which is the slippery slope of love, is sexuality. Though there are mystic experiences where even that happens. But in human beings, all of this comes into play and that's why the victory of human love. But it's only when we have gone through the entire purification process and human love itself becomes a means of purification and transforming the energy of love. Namaste.